Hi, I'm Carrie Butler, and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at carriebutlercoach.com slash broadwaypodcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Once I played a penny who just couldn't stop the beat. Yes, with roller skates on her feet. Because it's recently deceased A real cool mom Musical version of Tina Fey Tina Fey Now come with me and fly I am your host, Miss Carrie Butler Together you and I are breaking Welcome to Breaking Broadway. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about people getting started in Broadway shows from workshops and readings. Today, I thought I would bring some creators onto the show to talk about that process of starting a new musical. So I have the uh, composer, Aaron Accurso, and the lyricist, book writer, Joey Mazzarino of a reading that I did called Seeing Red. And we'll start out with Aaron. Wait, Aaron. wait, wait. You just have to mention also that I'm your husband. Well, you I have was, to mention <laughs> that. You can't do that. I was going to add that you later. Have to say You're that. ruining my podcast. I'm please. Sorry. I told you you were going to overtake this podcast. No, no I'm please not be quiet. Okay, but I just, I'm I, in control I like, here. You this know, isn't when, your like, room. in the Washington Post, whenever they mention Amazon, they say, oh, we should mention that. We're Guess also what? Owned I was going to be all cute and be like, spoiler alert, he's also my husband. I'm sleeping with the writer. <laughs> and you ruined it. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so now shush up. Okay. We're starting with Aaron Accurso, who <laughs> is an award winning composer. I actually worked with him the first time in this musical called Dogs of Pripyat, and that's how I found his work, and I fell in love with it. Um, He's also a conductor, a Broadway pianist, and the associate musical director of Aladdin on Broadway, among many other shows on Broadway that he has done. Indeed. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I love spending time with you guys. Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey in theater? Did you always want to be doing what you're doing now? So I actually grew up performing in Denver, Colorado, and mm-hmm. went to, uh, at some point along the line, somebody suggested, hey, you could be a music director, you could be a composer. And so I started doing those things too. 
and went to college and I, I did an acapella group and I did choir and I did theater. And I left college, um, St. Olaf College and, and moved to New York and thought, oh, I can kind of do it all. And then quickly realized that you can't do everything. So yeah. I started focusing more on the writing and the music directing. Um, and when I first got to New York, I was uh, playing auditions and going off to do summer stock and regional theater. Uh, I did a tour for a year, Susical the Musical. And then I decided to stay put in New York and do the BMI workshop, uh, which is where I started the Dogs of Pripyat a couple years later. And um, so, yeah, it's been a great journey so far. When did you um, make that change to, you know, when did you decide that? What was like the... I think I actually uh, had the idea of being a music director uh, all the way back in eighth grade. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny. Um, a guy named Steve Silverstein, maybe you know him, uh, music directed uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, out in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I was playing Charlie Brown and liked to play the score. And so he said, you know, you can do this as a living. Um, and so that's where the idea got planted in my head. And, um, at, you know, at the time, there really isn't a major for it. So oh. I was... Um, yeah, I was just dabbling in it in college, taking conducting, uh, conducting the shows. and. What did uh, you major in? I got a Bachelor of Arts in Music Theory Composition. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and I was also, I started writing songs in high school, and uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to write a musical in college. So that, um, yeah, that's how I started. Oh, very cool. Um, okay, and spoiler alert, Joey Mazzarino is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean? Does that mean? And okay, so we grew up down the street from each other. We did. Uh, we did high school plays together. I yes. was Kim. He was Hugo in Bye Bye Birdie. And it's true. This is not a lie. We were not dating at that point. Not dating. <laughs> and why don't you um, tell them about your journey in theater? My journey in theater. Um, yeah, I was. I was just like you people. I wanted to be an actor. And then I became a puppeteer. So if you see me with a puppet on my arm, don't pity me. I was one of you. <laughs> I started off wanting to do theater. And then I was studying theater at Fordham. And um, uh, I also worked at a nursery school at the time. Watch, who watched that? They watched Sesame Street a lot. And I loved it. I thought it was really funny as a 19-year-old. And one day, this woman came in to teach uh, comedy improv to our acting class. Her name is was Camille Benora. It's Camille Camporis now. Uh, and she was, she is the one of the funniest people I know. And uh, she said she worked as a Muppeteer. And I was like, what? That's the job? You get to do that? And she said, I do. And she said I could come and meet Jim Henson because I told her how much I love the show. And I went there and it was the first time I saw like people puppeteering. I was like, wow, this is a job? You could do this? Um, I want to do this. This is my people. This is the place I should be. So I went and built a lot of puppets in my basement. I His parents thought he was crazy. They did. They were. <laughs> and they thought they would, he would never make a living doing I said, that. what? A puppeteer? What is that even a job? And it was. But this is how ignorant I was about puppets at the time. I remember seeing Empire Strikes Back with my dad, driving back going, wow, wow, Frank Oz must be really small for him to fit in that Yoda suit. That's how dumb I was about puppets <laughs> as a child. My husband um, makes me so angry hey, because hey, don't his this out career here. This has been so charmed. <laughs> so he became this puppeteer on so Sesame charmed. Street. I mean, he does talent. Maybe <laughs> he does work very hard. He was obsessed with puppets in his basement for I don't know at least a, a year. year. I built yeah. puppets and trained myself. And for a year. we used one of those puppets. We did. We, we used, used it in, it in our reading. Yeah, we did. He so he was obsessed with puppets. Then he got gets on Sesame Street. He's a puppeteer for years. And then they say to him, oh, you're really funny. Would you want to write 
some shows. And why don't you tell them what they you said? Well, uh, this woman, Lisa Simon, was one of the producers. She was awesome. And this is something I tell everybody. She was my yes because uh, she thought I was funny. And she said, do you want to try writing for the show? And I was like, oh, I'm not a writer because in college people said, oh, you don't know how to use a comma or a semicolon and all that <laughs> stuff, so you're not a writer. But she saw something in me, thought I was funny, and said, do you want to audition as a writer? And I was like, no, I can't. She said, we pay for the audition. And I was kind of a hungry actor and puppeteer. And I was like, oh, yes, then I want to write. Um, but so, like, I always find this very important in my career, like, be somebody's yes, because that's what Lisa was for me. Like, somebody who could tell you, you can do this. You're amazing. So look for the people who tell you yes. And so, cut to, he's won, like, a million awards. I think it's a million and three. I have a million and three. I had a, <laughs> we, a we keep Emmys apartment. in our bathroom. <laughs> a separate apartment. They're perfect. You it's can put two Emmys. rolls of toilet paper on the wings of the Emmys, and they're very nice. So if you <laughs> for writing. Them. And then the same thing, directing. They, yeah. How did that happen? Well, I started directing with Matt Vogel, who plays now Big Bird and Kermit the Frog on Love It. So we started directing. We made a short film, and I got interested in it that way. And then one day they were like, oh, do you want to direct the show? And I was like, nah, I just want to make films. I don't want to do this. And they're like, no, we really think you know how to shoot puppets. So I was like, all right. And then it turned out to be like the most fun thing, especially if you write the script. To direct it is really fun. So nobody could screw it up. <laughs> Just direct your own stuff. But I think the lesson here, like, is like I thought I was going to be a musical theater person yeah. or an actor. I never would have imagined puppetry. So, like, be uh, be on the lookout for that thing that really excites you because it may be this weird left turn that you take that becomes your obsession or your life. Or like, here I am, thirty years later. We see that all the time on the podcast. Just say yes to whatever opportunities come along. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. The door opens. Go in. And then you started writing lyrics. Then I started writing lyrics. <laughs> Sesame Street was the most amazing place to write lyrics because you get like, uh, I got to write for Elvis Costello and Gwen Stefani and uh, Janelle Monet. I got to, with Bill Sherman, we wrote a song that won an Emmy for a song. So yes, I got to write these really fun lyrics and uh, sometimes parody the artist, sometimes do a song in the in the vein of the artist and sometimes just totally original. And now he writes on the show Kidding for Showtime starring yeah. Jim Carrey. Yes, an amazing show created by the awesome Dave Holstein. Uh, and it's basically fair to say that you wrote Seeing Red for me. This is true. This is absolutely <laughs> true. I was so frustrated because every time like a show would come up and like she was Penny and I'm like, oh, she's going to win a Tony. That's a great role. And then, so, you know, she didn't win it. I'd get all angry and then she'd get... <laughs> Other roles and like uh, Catch Me If You Can. I love that song. And I was like, oh, such a good song. She's got one of Tony. I said, I am going to write a show for my wife that totally showcases her. And it's like, it's going to win her a Tony. It hasn't happened yet. And still, <laughs> that is why I wrote it. It's, uh, I, I was like, what can I write that showcases my wife's comedy and her voice and her amazing acting? So we wrote this great script. And then um, we were looking for composers and... I introduced him to Aaron because I loved his music. I thought it's really dark and funny. You didn't even introduce me. You just you show, you let me listen to it. Right, right. And That's then why I introduced we were on you. The cru right. Oh, right. You, <laughs> I thought you meant like a personal. <laughs> no. Like, hello, this is Aaron. I thought. Sorry, I misunderstood. Okay, I'm not. Okay. See, they were right. I'm dumb. College was right. I'm an idiot. Anyway, you can take over from there. About oh uh, no, no, no. I would tell him where we met. How did we meet Aaron? How did we the first time we met Aaron? Where was it? Yeah, we met on a Disney cruise ship. Yeah, baby. Yes. Yeah. 
on the high seas. Great. We love Disney cruises. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. it was a, pr- it was a and perfect And he game. pitched Aaron the story yeah. on Kip, the cruise in the Kip. bar. So <laughs> Aaron played for Carrie at a show on a Disney cruise ship in the Mediterranean. It was awesome. Because Aaron then, also, oh my gosh, I forgot to even say that you guys wrote my theme song for the podcast. Oh, yes we did. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yes, yes, I, I get a lot of great feedback about it, oh, guys. Good. Yes. And Aaron has also worked for a lot of Disney shows. And so that's why he was my... Um, Music director and on, worked on your album too, and my album. I did. Yes, yeah, done a lot of work with Michael Cosrin, who goes by Cos. And, yes, and he was the music director for your or the producer for your album. Yep, so, yeah. So yeah, so we were. Um, Aaron played for Carrie on the ship, and I loved Aaron's music. And I took the opportunity when I had a few drinks in him after the show. <laughs> I was like, Aaron, I know you're a slightly nauseous on this cruise, but can I pitch <laughs> I you was. the show? And he said, Well, yeah. And then you. And you said, let's try a song together. I love it. And it, it was zany, but it also had this these great themes of finding your agency and it was dealing with immigration and all the things that separate us as humans. And this is before Trump. Like this, the immigration yeah. theme was there before was, yeah, Trump was, right was before even Trump. running. Oh, so yeah. So yeah, I was excited about the idea. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, cut to, it's written... Uh, we're trying to figure out what to do with it. We did uh, a small little reading at um, for agents, and then they loved it and set up another reading for producers. Um, but this is what you do. You do these readings and showcases to try and get people to invest in the show and come on board. And we can talk about uh, the casting process. Yeah. I became the producer of the show, That's and so right. I was involved with pretty much every step of the way. You still are the producer. Of this show, I, I am, yeah, yes. Yeah, not, you, we haven't fired you yet. You're still, yeah, you're still there. Sorry. So a lot of people, we cast people that we knew because it's so quick. Um, oh, I should absolutely. mention there are yeah. puppets in it too. Like part of it, the whole idea is like it's a really adult themes, but told in the style of a children's uh, children's theater. So we have some puppets and I, I pulled in a bunch of uh, performers who are not only Broadway uh, stars like Stephanie DeBruzzo and also Tyler Bunch who does a lot of stuff and he's also a great puppeteer and Jen Barnhart so it was, we got people from my world and then from Carrie's world at this point we've done two staged readings is that right, right? we did one for producers and then we did we won 
the, the true, re, uh, true, true voices. Yeah, yeah true voices. Submitted. There are a bunch of things you can submit your shows to all these kind of contests or what, not, what are they, not contests. It's not like you're going to win a Buick. It's like, it's, <laughs> you get a free it's reading. It's like a workshop or whatever. You get a reading and no, they yeah, give you some better. money yeah. for development. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we got to do it last year. And last year we have, we have a really good story. A really good story. But first, let's just talk about uh, the process for the first reading how and how we've gotten the actors who have done it before. A lot of times it's just people we know, right? Yeah, absolutely. We don't have auditions. No, and especially for a a table read, I think the first time we got a few people that were just really good sight readers and could learn the music quick, and uh, people that could, like an alto soprano tenor bass that could sing all of the ensemble stuff. Right, because they played multiple roles. Exactly, exactly. And then um, some fantastic actors, and and they learned some specific songs that we wanted them to learn, and then other songs, Joey and I just sang them. And then for the next one, yeah, we taught everybody, but it was, yeah, it was mostly just actors that we knew. But how do we get John? John John Conley. Like, I worked with him in, in uh, on the Bat Boy uh, reading. Oh, because like yes, the and I thought that, like thought that he would be great. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, so uh, I basically beg my friends, send scripts to them and uh, a lot of emailing yeah a lot of emailing um and you know certainly up and coming people are very anxious to do it they because they want to get in the room and they want to get in front of all these big producers and they want to meet people like the two of you um you know my friends who do this all the time it's a ton of work for like no money and so that definitely they have to believe in the project and really want to do it to um, sign up for something like this. Right. Um, yeah, we're always so grateful for everybody who wants to do it because it, like you said, it's almost so no much money. work. Yeah, it's I for, mean, yeah. the equity stage reading is tw- tw- twenty nine hours for mm-hmm. like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, if you're starting out and you want to do stuff like this, you have to know that you have to have another job because you won't be able to afford to live on $100 for 29 hours. But have you ever, you've done readings where you've gone, you've gotten the part and it's gone on, right? I have. Oh, yes, like, but I should start? talk about, I've, I, one year, I did five readings. I was the star of five readings and I always want to do them because a lot of times the same cast ends up going with it to Broadway. So I did the readings for Legally Blonde, Xanadu, Little Mermaid, um, Wedding Singer, and one other, I can't remember what it was, but they were all big, big shows. I was the lead, and I was like, oh, look at me. Which one am I going to choose? I don't know. Cut to getting recast in all of them. Even Xanadu? All, even Xanadu. Oh, wow. And you then, and Xanadu, I probably would not have chosen over the other ones just because the other ones had bigger um, name and movies. One and one was Ariel, which is your dream. Right, sister, right. So I got recast in all of them, and then Xanadu ended up coming back to me. Um, and what? It was no, meant I remember, to be. I remember the call. Oh. I remember the call Carrie got. We were at her mom's house in Florida, and she gets the call, and, and I hear her going, yeah, I, I roller skate. Of course I roller skate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been with Carrie for years now and I've never seen her on skates. She's like, yeah, you know, I, I could totally do it. And then she got the phone. She's like, I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, they, they're offering me Xanadu. And I was like, but you told them you can skate. Like, I could skate. I was like, when's the last time you skate? She's like, when I was like 10. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Then you can skate. I went to all those roller birthday parties. That's right, all those roller birthday uh, parties. But so anyway, I, that's what I got nominated for a Tony for it. I would have, it was just like, you just have to trust that you get what you are meant to get. Uh, and you know, certainly people who we don't use in the reading of this, they, they will stay in our memory if they did a great job in the reading and we'll use them for something else in the future. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's not just about uh, what a good job they do, but like, right. are they exactly. bringing the passion? Mm -hmm. You know, are they present in the rehearsal? That's do they like point. the material? That's a great point. You know, are they involved? And, you know, we're, we also want to think that they like the piece. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, a really good point. I, I think our biggest thing was like, we want, like, we know it's very little money. We want to have a really fun time. Yeah. Like that we want to play. Like that's how we went into that. Want to play and have passion. Right. So as the producer, yeah. uh, one of the interesting things uh, was that both of you guys, main thing was something different in terms of casting. Like Aaron really needs, because it's so fast and the music is so hard, Aaron really needs sight singers. Yes. Yeah, especially in such a short process like that. And I'm, I'm actually, for those of you out there worried, I'm not an excellent sight singer. I took it in school. Um, but no one could hand me music and me be off book singing it. But Very I do, fast. I have a good ear. Yeah. And so I can get it in the room and then I will drill it overnight and then come in the next day. But that is what you expect, right? Just absolutely, so it, yeah. You expect people to know it the next to day. To do their homework. Yeah, if, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know that, and there are people that there's that a hard, can... fast rule about knowing it the next day necessarily, but that, yeah, that, that you're going to go and you're going to be prepared for rehearsals and that you're going to do some work outside of the 29 hours that we have. And that you'll be able, you need to have confidence that they'll be able to get it. Of course. Because it's yeah. only five days. No, and it's high stakes for us too, because we can't do these very often and right. they're expensive. That's and... right. That's right. And you're doing it in front of all of these like big people and you only get, you know, it's like you're auditioning your show. That's right. We're auditioning the show, and we're trying to see if the show is working. Right. You know, writing is rewriting, so. That's the biggest hard, hard, that's the hardest part of that process for us. I think it's like you listen to it, you get to listen to it only really once through, and then you got to go off after that right. and then figure it out. It would be great to be able to have more time to develop. Yeah, yeah, and Joe's main thing in casting is funny. Funny, yeah. You have to be funny on it. Like, when you're, like, just reading a script sort of cold, to try and bring something, or if it's not cold, like it's your first time through, just try to figure out different ways to do it and be funny. But that was the challenge with this show, I feel like, because it was, it's such a hard show, it's so hard musically, and everyone needs to do so many different things. They have to puppeteer, they have to be funny, they have to, they have, their voices have to be great. Mm -hmm. So casting was very difficult. Right. And the second round, um, the person who did the first um, reading, so many people were unavailable the second time around. People were out of town. The lead guy um, is a very specific character, the, the man who plays opposite me. Right. Um, he has to be African-American, funny, amazing voice. He sings a ton and also very grounded and heartfelt. Um, so he really has to do it all. And we have a hard time casting him. The people we knew that would be right for the role were out of town. And then I ran into someone who I did a show with, and he actually would be great for the part. And so I suggested, we were running out of time at this point, too. And so I suggested him to um, do the show. He was really excited. He came in. Did he work with you one day, I guess? Yeah, I think uh, he worked with Paul Staroba who was music directing the reading. And then the first day of the reading, he came in and he just said, you know, I'm not a sight singer. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get off book enough to showcase this in the way you want it to by Friday, which I actually commend him for because he's thinking about your interests and he didn't wanna be in the pages the entire time. He wanted to be able to get up and act and act out the song and he just didn't think he could, was capable of doing it. That's right. So. 
Yeah, and I was I was in L.A. when I heard this. I wasn't even <laughs> yeah. there. I, was oh, in I didn't realize that. We're kidding. all texting each other. During, <laughs> rehearsals are happening right now. It, the reading is in like four days. Yeah, he, and he uh, was not. Yeah, Friday. I can't remember. Yeah, it was like three days. I think it was Friday, and we had the reading oh, on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're freaking out. He says he'll do it, but right. he he didn't pull out of the reading. He said he'll no. do it, but he just said, so you know, I feel like you should try and find somebody who will be able to do it justice in this really short amount of time. That's right. So then we're, that makes us nervous. Oh, yeah. Because then we think, well, we have to find somebody else. Because if he's, if he's insecure, then we're going to be insecure the entire time. So we yeah. start calling everyone we know, asking for suggestions. I was trying to pretend to be in, in the moment in the room and like looking at in your writer's room. in my writer's <laughs> room and I'm, I'm trying to split my focus and going, oh my God, we're dead. Like I'm flying back to do the show. We don't have a lead guy. <laughs> oh, and I'm trying to watch these things. I'm like, yeah, call anybody, everybody. Was, Aaron was, and I were calling all musical directors we knew. Finally, Seth Rudetsky. At Friday night at like seven o'clock. It was like late because it was Friday. No, I know. I thought this was like Monday. No, no, no. Oh. When Seth told you about oh, it, it okay. was like Friday because I was in the room. Oh, okay. I was still in the room and it was like late in the afternoon. In so Seth Rudetsky loves casting. He's like, I'm on it. <laughs> he calls or gets in touch with, um, oh my gosh, now I'm Michael. Ready. Yes, yes, Michael from the uh, gospel, Broadway gospel. Yes, Michael McElroy. Yes. Um, and he recommends someone to us. He didn't tell us anything about this guy. He just sent us videos of him. Yeah. And we watched videos of him singing. Do you remember this, Aaron? Yeah, You're looking I do. And I can't remember. <laughs> no, 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 I do. And I was, I was trying to remember what videos they were. And I think they were maybe singing in church. Yeah, it was a yes. church. Not, singing in church. Yes. In the yes. And so we didn't know anything about, we didn't know his age. We didn't know what he'd done on Broadway. We didn't know if he could act. But at this point, we just needed somebody. He could sight sing. And we're right. like, all right, he can sight sing. Right. We had somebody. We saw, he has a gorgeous voice on this video. Right. And so we said yes. And we thought since they were recommending him, we thought, oh, but he must be a Broadway person. But we couldn't find some. We thought, oh, he must be like doing tons of shows all the time because they recommended him. Right. Come to find out. Aaron has the first meeting with him. Yeah. No, and he's, he's non-equity. I think he lived in maybe Connecticut, Connecticut. at the time. And he had and to go to a funeral for his uncle in Boston. Oh, that's that right. And he okay. couldn't get there till like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night to meet you. That's right. Yeah. No. So we met very late at Pearl Studios. I didn't know Pearl Studios was open this late. We uh, and we went through all the material and and he was reading it down and and we also gave good. him the demos so he could listen to oh, on the right. train he back. To so he became train. familiar with it on the, on the way back from the funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, he jumped in. It's Alan Lewis. Yeah. Is and, the guy who did it. And he's young. He, and we he found out he asked. just graduated from college, yeah. opposite me. <laughs> But yeah. he, but it didn't it didn't oh. read as as crazy. Yeah, he right. was just out of school. He, just out of school. Because that's what had you had have his, to be when you're just out of school. You have to have the chutzpah to say, I can do that. Yeah, and right. he's going to be here um, in a little while. So we will interview him and find out what was going through his head as all I of this is happening. I remember that first time he sang for us on Sunday morning when we all were yeah. around together. And, I was, yeah. and we did a read. We did a sort of a full, I think we did the first the full read through or something with the whole cast that morning. And I was right. like, Oh, thank God. Yes. We're okay. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. I was he like was very... literally in awe of him. I'm like, he, yes. how did you do this? I know. He day? learned it in one it's day. Yeah. Learned yeah. everything in one day. He was staying on a friend's couch and he was learning the stuff. He said he didn't sleep much the night before. <laughs> and, he was, and his uh, voice was glorious. Yeah. Beautiful. 
So Thanks. practice your sight reading. <laughs> That's the moral of That's the story. The moral, moral of the story. story, yeah. And then when somebody uh, comes with an insane uh, idea for you to do, try it. And Give we haven't talked to him since then, so no, it'll be fun to see what even happened read. from that. Um, okay, Aaron, since yeah. you are also a um, composer, conductor, musical director in the room, what do you feel like is the biggest mistake actors make, either when they're in a show or when they're auditioning? Okay, so I do a lot of casting for Aladdin uh, and help narrow it down to a few choices where um, Kaz and Casey Nicola then choose the actors. And um, two things come to mind for me. Uh, one is, have you done your homework? So have you figured out what the, the lyrics of the song mean? Have you thought about um, what the song is about, how it fits into the show? Mm. Um, have you thought about what the character wants in this, in this song? Have you, um, have you listened to the MP3s that the casting director sent mm. and maybe gone over it with a pianist? So it, you know, there's, there's a lot you can't prepare in the audition room, but you can definitely do your homework and figure out. What, and it's amazing how many people come in and actually don't understand all the lyrics that they're saying in the song. Wow. It makes a big that difference. That is surprising that people wouldn't know to do that. Yeah. So, And then the other thing that comes to mind for me is... Um, be nice to the pianist. Oh, so you never yeah. know who the pianist is Absolutely. and what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's um, not just saying thank you as you leave the room. It's also, um, what does your music look like that you're standing in front of them? Mm. Um, is it, are all the notes on the page? There are a lot of people who just like cut off the bottom and oh. like try to look at it from their perspective because they want to do well for you. Right. Um, That's a is really it, good point. Is it just like flimsy pieces of paper that are going to fall off? And, uh-huh. you know, are you asking them to transpose on the spot? And sometimes that's okay, but usually it's better if you have it printed or at least some chords written in, depending on the style of the song. Um, and it re- everybody notices behind the table how, you know, are you shooting looks to the pianist? and <gasps> Oh, like giving dirty looks? Sure, yeah. Oh, and it really affects. No, people do that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm sure. And, you know, and, and when things aren't going exactly right, and it might be the pianist's fault, then the people behind the table usually know that, too. Because it's happened for the bunch of people before them, probably, or something like right, that. Right, it's happened before them, or we know the song, or we know what's, oh, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Know what's going on, so... You don't have to. Um, if you can, yeah, you if you can roll, it's yes. much more, it's much better to roll with the punches. Yes. Can you make music with this person that you've been given with? Yes, that actually could show you in a great spotlight. A yeah, yeah, because then that's the, those are the people that you want to work with. Absolutely. People that are generous in spirit mm-hmm. and people that, yeah, that can can make do in live theater. Yeah. And I, oh, I should say also about in being prepared, if uh, it's not a side that they give you if you're singing from the show uh have you figured out what the show is that you're auditioning for so if you're just singing a 16 bar cut after dancing uh what is the style of the show that you're auditioning for so um there are people that come in and sing for aladdin that are singing pop ballads with lots of riffs and soft singing but all of the the ensemble in aladdin has a big muscular sound and it's a little more traditional, um, so it's not very helpful for us to hear things that aren't in that style. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, I know something else I wanted to ask. Is there a, um, are there like ways people can get into the business that they might not think about? Like, I know you worked for BMI Workshop. Do people there audition to be the performers of your songs? Yeah, so so um, I didn't actually work for the workshop, but I was in the workshop. Right, and, right, right. Yeah, That's what course. I mean. And um, yeah, so uh, it's... Well, maybe it, let's explain what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the BMI, Lehman Engel Musical Theater Workshop, is um, it's a workshop for learning how to write musical theater, basically. It's been around since the 60s, started by this great conductor named Lehman Engel. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a place where you learn how to write dramatically and you learn about song form and mostly it's, you get assignments or you're bringing in work from shows you're working on and then the class and the moderators comment on the songs. So often, uh, we want to bring in other actors to sing the songs for us, right? which you've done. Yes, I have. Uh Um, and uh, sometimes we just try to sing the songs ourselves, but it, it can be really helpful to have actors do it. And it's just asking friends and asking, uh, sometimes somebody will bring in an actor who's a friend or somebody that they've seen in an audition or something, and then they get lots of calls over and over oh, again. from, from other the, people yeah, in the yeah, class. Yeah, it just self-perpetuates. But that's a, a wonderful way to get seen and, and to really be appreciated. Um, a lot of great people in the workshop doing wonderful things. Um, How would people just starting out, um, you know, get connected with people like that and say, oh, I'm interested in if you ever need a singer for... Yeah, I think you can can just reach out to somebody in the workshop. Mm. I think they might be actually just this year creating a little registry of people who are interested in that. That's so smart. Yeah. Um, But you can just email people and let them know, hey, I'd love to sing for you and I'm a soprano and here's the thing, here's what I do, you know, or whatever. Can you guys think of any other ways that people just starting out, they might not know about it, but this might be a way to get their foot in the door? How about uh, benefits or, Oh yeah, good idea. Those those concerts at Joe's Club. It's just like you said earlier, doing anything and everything. Work that gets work. Especially when you're first, exactly. And for me, some of the, um, I did, for example, I did uh, a show out in Belrose, Queens when I first got to New York, but then that led me to do another thing called Raw Impressions because I met somebody and that was a much more rich place to meet people. And um, also, I, I got to know Georgia Stitt, oh, um, yes. mostly uh, from a benefit that I was doing with the College Light Opera Company. And from that, uh, she asked me to, uh, I was already playing auditions, but she asked me to play auditions for The Little Mermaid, which she was uh, sitting in for Cause, and that uh, helped me get to know Cause. And, um, and then also at that same time, I was doing Drumdisc Guild Fellowship with uh, Steve Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens as the main moderators, and uh, Lynn had written with Alan Minkin, so she wrote an email to Alan, which uh, mostly, mostly I think I got The Little Mermaid because I was playing for cause at that time, but also probably helped that uh, Lynn and Steve sent an email to Alan and to cause. And, and so that's, that's how I got onto Broadway. It was very unexpected, you know, benefit really. Oh, if you, if you go that far back. Oh, good. So guess oh. who just walked in? <laughs> 
Alan Lewis from the reading. Um, Alan, we have been talking about you singing your praises, about what an amazing job you did at in you had three days until the read. Like you came in and it was three days, right? Yes. Until you performed it. Yes. So what was going (sighs) through your mind? (laughs) You heard you got a text from me. Yes. So I was actually. It was Friday, uh-huh. and I remember it so well because I was literally in Boston at my uncle's funeral, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I had just come back from the wake. I, I, we got to the house, and I was just like, you know, I looked at my phone. I think I left my phone at home uh-huh. that, that, that evening, and so uh, when I got to the house, I looked at my phone, and I was like, I was like, hi, this is Carrie, and I was like, Carrie Butler, like, why? Is she <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, and so, I, you know, I read the text, and and like automatically I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, and you know, the text of course said, I, I guess someone couldn't, you know, couldn't, right. couldn't do it anymore. Right. And so you guys needed someone to come, come in. And you know, I, I, I love a challenge. So I was like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. And so like in my mind, I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? The funeral's tomorrow. This is on Monday. Like, you know, uh-huh. all those things kind of like how I'm, how I'm going to make it happen, you know, came to mind, but you and know, what was going on in your life at that point? Did you had you just finished college? I, I, I had just fin- yeah I had just finished college. The, the did you major uh, in musical theater? I majored in vocal performance. Okay. So I majored in vocal performance, and I had just graduated May prior, so okay. May of 2018, uh, and I had just joined Broadway Inspirational Voices that wow. August. Yes, yeah, so I was very new. I, very I, new. I, I had and never. And he's the one who recommended you. Yes, yes, Michael McKellar, uh-huh. the amazing Michael McKellar. Yeah. So I, I, I had never really done anything professionally in New York City. I had, I hadn't really auditioned. Like this was kind of like, <laughs> you know, Broadway Inspirational Voices was like the first professional thing I did in the city, and so this was obviously major for me. You know, being mm-hmm. able to jump in with all these amazing people to to. Do this reading, so it was great. You did a great job. Yeah, awesome thank you, job. thank you. So I mean, much. everyone in the audience even was talking about you and afterwards, oh and seeing how natural you were as an actor and your voice. Thank you. How was the rehearsal process for you? Was there ever time you wanted to run? <laughs> uh, you, uh, so when I when I got so. You know, of course, I got sent the music. Uh-huh. You know, you guys sent me this. Did the, you say the, yes the mu- before or after you saw the music? I said yes before. Mm-hmm. And then okay. I saw the music. You know, the first time I actually looked at it was, uh, you know, a little bit that that night. I listened to some of the stuff that you guys sent to me, like some demos I think you, Carrie, uh, sent to me. Uh, and the first time I actually really looked at the stuff was on the Amtrak train <laughs> ride down to meet Aaron, you know, at... Pearl Studios. Pearl Studios. I think. Yeah. Uh, and Saturday my train night. was delayed. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. Like my train was delayed. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm at this train station. I'm I don't know what, what time I'm gonna be in New York City, but I got there like we had like 30 minutes before they actually closed. So we kind of like <laughs> ran through. Oh, that's right. We just tried to through run everything. through things. And yeah. then when I got, you know, I, I stayed at a friend's house because I actually live in Connecticut. So I stayed at a friend's house in New York that night and like fall like half falling asleep, like trying to see what I can learn, you know, from these uh Yeah, so l- trying to learn the things while I was at my friend's house at night and then, you know, fell asleep. And then the next day, that Sunday was the day rehearsal. Yeah. And so, you know, that was interesting. Everyone had already 
been doing it. Been doing it. And so everyone was like, really, you know. You yeah, didn't some seem nervous at no. all. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, but I was in shock. Because not only could you sing it, you didn't seem like you were flustered at all. Were you flustered? I was. But I guess I you I'm a good actor. You're I guess. A good actor, <laughs> I did yeah. not notice. Yeah, but it it, it was it was it, it was a very welcoming room as well. I think that's one of the things that took that feeling of anxiousness and, and nervousness out because yeah. everyone was just so willing and you know, yeah. you carry everyone just kind of like Helping me really get get into it, and so it was it was definitely a great group. Yeah, we had so much fun rehearsing that show. That was really fun, very fun. What's happened for you since then? Because you hadn't really auditioned for anything before that, and no. and so, that was a way to make a an entrance, right? <laughs> so after that, um, that was in February. Yeah. Uh, a couple months after that, I went on tour with <gasps> Ben Platt. Oh my gosh! Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And so I did that for a. Uh, it was a you know that was a whole all together. It was like a six week situation. We rehearsed for two weeks in New York City, and then we went on a three and a half week, I guess, a tour. And then uh, a month uh, a month later, we went to London for a little bit uh, wow. and did a, did a show down there. And then you know since then, I, I've I've been working on you know personal projects and kind of writing. Uh, and, what kind and of writing? Yeah, you have a what concert kind of... coming up too. I right? do. Yeah. yeah. So I I actually. Uh, enjoy writing musical theater. Oh, awesome! Uh, I've I've been writing gospel for a, a while, mm-hmm. and I, I I like to write folk music. And so uh, I actually have my composer lyricist debut coming up next week, uh, where I will be showcasing, you know, my music. And yeah, it's where, been where are you doing that at the Green Room Forty Two? All right. Yeah, and I have some amazing you know members of the community helping me out. Um. I don't usually talk about God on my podcast. I don't think I ever have. But it's so crazy because when this all happened, I remember being to Joe, I'd be like, we better pray about it. We better pray that we find somebody. And then we got recommended you through the gospel choir. And then you were like, I'm at a funeral for my uncle yes. who is a pastor, yeah. this huge pastor. Yeah. And so I felt like God brought us, brought us to you. <laughs> you. And, yeah. you know, and it was for you to have this career. Sure. Like when you're looking for signs in your life, I feel like you can know this is how you started your career. God's Absolutely. leading you. He's Absolutely. your agent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I do have a strong faith in, in that sense. My father's actually a pastor as well. Oh. And so is my uncle. Um, and so, you know, I've always had that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, that that what's for me is for me. And, mm. I, you know, I don't have there's no need for me to rush or kind of, wow. you know, you know, be angry, like when doors don't open and stuff like that, because I know that, you know, he's got me and and, and in his timing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And that definitely came across when you were in the room, too, because you I mean, just you were confident, but not in a, an ego-based no, way. No, not cocky at all. Yeah. No, just yeah. serve yourself. That's yeah. A, I think that's amazing because I, I feel like throughout your career, you could be like the guy or the or the woman who looks to your right and looks to your left and see, sees, well, I went to school with that person and they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But to know that what's for you is for you is really a sure. great yeah. message. Yeah, that's a great message. Yeah. So were you still sight-reading the music uh, during the performance? Or did you learn it and then use lyrics? I, I knew it. I knew it. I was just using it for lyrics. So do you, uh, did you study piano as well? I studied piano, actually. I, I played the piano since I was young. I started playing the piano at my father's church. I never studied piano, so I, I, I didn't actually know how to read. And I still am not the greatest reader. Wow. As as, like, See, you fooled me. <laughs> but uh, as far as, you know, sight reading for, for singing and stuff, right. you know, I, I've been doing that for a while, and that's, yeah. I'm very comfortable in that. So 
I also learned music very fast. And so yes. this process kind of like once the, the music got in me, it was just kind of trying to remember the words. But right. that that seemed to be pretty, I seemed to be pretty comfortable with that. And we found you through the internet. So had you been posting videos of yourself singing on purpose? Yes. So uh-huh. I, 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 I wish I was better at Instagram. I, I do my best to... Tell everybody your Instagram handle. My Instagram is I am Alan Lewis. So I A M Alan A L L E N L O U I S. So I I try to post singing videos of me, on, you know, on a regular basis. That kind of slowed down, but uh, I did start, you know, putting videos of, of me singing and. That's, you know, it's how, smart because yeah. I guess, you know, that's how we found you. No, right. Because if those videos yeah. weren't on there, we would have never called because it was, we didn't know who you were and we saw the video yeah. and we were like, wow, that guy can sing. Let's, let's call him. But <laughs> no, that's true. amazing that yeah, yeah. you, you had That's something people at people home do, can yeah. do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For a reading. Yeah. We look at YouTubes. Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you so much for being here, everyone. Um, thank you. I usually, my last question is, um, what do you wish you knew when you came here or what is... What advice would you give to somebody just starting out or, you know, who hasn't started out yet? Okay, so I did, in 2015, I did a program with the American Theater Wing called Springboard NYC. And so they're kind of like a, it was like a two-week summer intensive for graduating college students that are pursuing this career. And there's something they said at least every day that stuck with me. And it is, you know, it's cliche in, in just the fact that it's always been said, but being yourself and mm. and really sticking to what makes you you is so important because yes. you know everyone's doing this everyone you know sometimes you 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 feel the need to 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 change yourself based on what everyone else is doing and and honestly i i think what has worked for me is kind of just staying in my lane mm-hmm. uh, not swerving and mm. just kind of you know doing what i do and 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 in the audition room, for example, you know, behind the wall, you may hear someone just, and that, you know, just just with a glorious voice, and and that could sometimes yes. psych you like, out. You're like, what what do I, what should I do differently once I get into the room? And 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 I've noticed that that's really not the way of attacking it. It's it it really is staying true to yourself and just doing what you do and doing it the best way that yes. you can do, and not you know not copying anyone else, just Beautiful. you know, being you. Yeah. Joe? Um, I think uh, maybe it would be uh, not to think you're never going to work again, which was when I was younger, <laughs> like when I was young, you know, you're a freelancer and that's a really hard thing to be. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're not making a lot of money and you do that one job and you're in the you're in heaven and it's like, I'm working on the best. This is the greatest feeling in the world. But guess what? That show's going to end in six months or six weeks or six days. And then you're going to have this emptiness and think, oh, I'm never going to work again. I still get like that. I still do too. <laughs> it's still a thing I have to. I wish I, I wish I could make it go away. But just trust that if, if you just keep, keep working, and especially as a writer, this is what I do. I just get up the next day. And if I don't have a job that, that somebody's paying me for, I spend time and I write. 
And if you're a singer, go and spend time and find where you're going to sing or perfect your voice or take that acting lesson. But but do it for free. Do yeah. it for free yeah. because that that's the thing. Like if I didn't prep myself uh, when I was writing, I would buy these screenplay books. I wasn't asked to write a screenplay, but I was interested and I learned. And then somebody gave me a script and said for a Sesame movie and said, what would you do differently with this script? And I said, well, and I knew all the, the words that uh, like, oh, and act two, this should happen. And they said, wow, he seems to know what he's talking about. I didn't, but I knew the words <laughs> and they gave me a job writing that. So just keep perfecting what you're working on and, and trust that you are going to work again. In the meantime, go get the waiter job. <laughs> and Aaron? I think I want to reiterate a few thoughts that uh, we've talked about. Um, one is uh, bringing the passion to whatever you're doing, to any reading, any small gig that you're doing. Um, really uh, be, be present, be prepared. So I guess it's three Ps. There. <laughs> and then uh, something... The three Ps of Aaron Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Joey was doing a puppet hand. Yeah. <laughs> I took off my sock. <laughs> I'm doing potty to podcaster. <laughs> I'm on Broadway. <laughs> sorry, and, Aaron. Sorry. Continue with your peeing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like working with Joey. <laughs> it's always fun. And uh, so something I wish I knew um, when I first moved out here is that uh, I could reach out to people and then I could go... I could uh, intern directly with um, music directors and composers and people that are working at the top of the industry. I think I, I was self-limiting in a way I didn't even know, which is I was thinking, oh, I've got to do these summer stocks, and then I've got to do a tour, and then I've got to do this thing. And, and it, it was until much later that I realized, oh, people um, in the industry are very generous, and they want to give back, and you can reach people. and. Um, talk to them. doesn't mean everybody's going to respond to every email you send out, but mm-hmm. um, that it's okay to contact people. Great advice. Is there anything you would like to plug, Aaron? Yeah. So we're going to do a concert of the Dogs of Pripyat, which yes. you know well. Beautiful show. Um, at the Green Room 42 on March 2nd at 7 p.m. You guys should definitely see it. You won't be disappointed. Thank you all so much for being here, and thank you all for listening to Breaking Broadway. Thank you so much for listening to Breaking Broadway, produced by Broadway Podcast Network. Opening song by Aaron Accurso and Joey Mazzarino. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, please like, leave a comment, or share with your friends. See you next time for more insider tips to making it on Broadway. Together you and I are breaking Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.